As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Caught for the touchdown, Robinson! 40-yard line, Khalil Mack! What a grab! Darnell Moody! Touchdown, Jimmy Graham! with the safety! Allen Robinson takes it all the way! Smoking Johns. Yeah, baby, it's on! The Bears are what we thought they were. Football is a team game, and it takes everyone on that team to make the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. Full disclosure, I've been going straight since 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah, you have a best friend. That's a shock. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I got people texting me about Vegas, L.A., Green Bay. I think that the line's going to be garbage, but it's still not going to be an easy game. Ready? It's the Adams. Nobody can come close to us. Hogan Johns. Let's begin now. What time is it? We are underway. All right, all right, all right. Welcome into uh, another edition of the Hogan Johns podcast. Minus the Hogue, minus the Adam Hogue. Um, I got to drive this bad boy again. I got Mark Grody here. Say hi, Mark. What's going on, John Z? Yeah, it, is it, uh, did, I noticed your producer, Kent, referred to you as John Z. <laughs> I think I might call you Johnsy, but are you are you typically a Johnsy or an Adam or a Johns? Uh, well, it depends. That Johnsy actually kind of stuck with me from my Blackhawks days. Um, oh, you know okay. where they add just the Y to to everything or an extra S from Dunks to Seebs to Taser or uh, what else do we what else do we have Caner? You know we yeah. all can't have the last name Campbell, so you can't always be Soupy. <laughs> but the, the, there was a few uh, Johnsies in there. Um, this is Mark Grody, everybody. Um, you can hear him on 670 The Score. He's also the Bears sideline reporter. He's going to fill in for Adam Hoke today. You can follow him at Mark Grody Sports. That's G-R-O-T-E Sports. Um, I ran into him at Bears OTAs on Wednesday. I, I saw you sitting there on the sideline, Grody, like all lonely and whatnot. I'm like, oh, let's go have a conversation. And then on my way over there, I'm like, you know what? Gosh darn Hogue needs another day off. I got to find somebody to fill in. <laughs> and and there I was right there for the taking. Um, yeah, I appreciated you coming over and, and keeping me company and making me feel better about myself. And uh, it was fun watching practice too, man. Like it's, it's good to get back out there and it's odd and you could probably speak to this better than I because I this is my fourth year on the beat and you've been on it longer but this is the most anticipated that I, I have ever felt for an, an OTA and I know that there was heavy anticipation for Mitch Trubisky and when Matt Nagy came in and all of that and I'm sure there's always a bump when there's a new coach even going back to John Fox but there has been something different about this um, I, the hunger that that people on social media have for anything right now that deals with the name Justin Fields is immense. And I know that it'll level off eventually, but right now it is so Justin Fields centric and people are insatiable and just want to chew it all up right now. Yeah. Insatiable is a good word. There's not enough Justin Fields content right now. And uh, we got we have a deep ball. To talk about because you and I were standing next to each other when he made that pass 
uh, down the left sideline. So, all right, first things first, you guys all know the deal. You can read me on The Athletic and follow me at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read Adam Hogue on NBC Sports Chicago and follow him at, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. Give him your best wishes, too. He is a new father. He is Olivia's dad, so send him your best. Um, please re- rate and review this podcast if you can everywhere you listen to it. It helps us out. Um, you can watch us on YouTube. You can see me in my Hogan John shirt. You can see Mark in his living room, I think, right? Living room wearing uh, yeah, camouflage. I'm in the living room sure. and I'm wearing a uh, Target store issued Army Fatigue colored t shirt. I'm a huge fan. Like, I, I have a Target down the block from where I live. So I go to the Target probably every other day because it's close to me. I just walk a lot to the neighborhood just for exercise and I'll take a spin through because you just add them. You never know what you're going to find at Target for. You might, you find steals like this beauty that I'm wearing here right now. And sometimes you find really good clothes accidentally at Target. Actually, I got a thought on this. Um, you can check out our merchandise. If you're on YouTube, you got to have merch, Grody. And you got these Hogan Jaws podcasts. Send shirts. me the merch, dude. Send it <laughs> we'll to send me. it to you. Yeah, I think we got some other special things coming out as well. You can find all of that on obviousshirts.com. Mark, your first time out to training camp. It was like 95 degrees, and you were wearing like these cotton shirts. I, I remember <laughs> this, and I remember going up to you, and I'm like, "Dude, you gotta get some dry fit golf polos. These days are long. These days are hot. You're gonna be sweaty. You were sweating through your shirt, and I know it wasn't the pressure of the job. It was that summer heat down in Bourbonnais. Dude, that is hilarious because I have been collecting dry fit shirts since that conversation <laughs> that we had. Like whenever I see them, like. No matter what the season is, if I'm at, you know, Target or the mall or wherever, if I see a good deal on a dry fit shirt, I grab it. And it all goes back to that conversation that you did it in your Adam Johns very subtle way. You know, that 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 sort of modest, at, hey, Brody, what's going on, buddy? Hey, uh, you know, you might want to put some uh, dry fit shirts on. Those probably will suit you a little better. And I have not looked back since. Thank you for that. I, for, yeah, I almost yeah. forgot that it was you who I had that conversation. Yeah, a pro tip from uh, a seasoned veteran of those. <laughs> it gets humid down there oh. in Bourbon. It gets humid up in Chicago, but down there it's just a bit different. Oh, yeah, man. And hell, even like because what we do during the like yesterday during the OTA, we're just standing there. We're just standing there in the dead heat on an open field and the sun blasting down. So there's two things that you have to have. You're right. The dry fit, comfortable shorts, obviously comfortable shoes. And don't be afraid to put on a little bit of 70. You know what I'm saying? A little yeah. 70 on the skin, a little 50, whatever the case. But don't try to don't try to be Joe Cool. I'm going to get a tan today because you will burn. Yeah, you're going to be out there long enough. That tan will come. That tan will yes. come. And we're starting on it already. Um, So OTAs, we're out there in our dry fit shirts. And Justin Fields lofts that deep ball, steps up in the pocket, and lofts that deep ball. Like for for a moment there, I'm like, oh, that's, I don't think it's going to hit, but it, it just hung up there. It hung up there. And then right into, right into the hands of Demir Bird. What were you thinking at that time? I was thinking, I'm really glad I got to see what I've been hearing about. I, what we saw at Ohio State, what all the scouts and evaluators said that he's got a good deep ball. Because sometimes you hear that you and you don't really it, it doesn't necessarily come to pass part of the pun and you don't see it or you don't see it for a while. So that was the first time with my eyes that I got to see live at a pro level, albeit a very toned down OTA, that I got to see that action from yeah, everything that everybody is talking about, because up until that moment, quite frankly, it had all just been all of this stuff about his personality, his demeanor, what a great student he is, how smart he is, how good he looks physically, and all of this. And then finally, there it was in, in one deep pass, a perfectly placed football, as you said, to Demir Bird, like put it in the perfect spot for him to make a play. That was a moment where I was like, okay, good. Finally, there is something of substance here that we can talk about and maybe just just check off on the list of things that need to get accomplished for this. Yeah, I, I put it on my notes right away because you have to ask Matt Nagy about that. You, if if yes. you want to talk about the detail, if you want details, you better have a detailed question for Matt Nagy because that's the way you get it in. And We wouldn't be talking about this right now if you hadn't have asked that question because <laughs> yeah. you did the two-parter. And in yeah. the second part, you're like, 
you got the question in on that. And and Maggie was like smiling through his answer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like practice changed a bit at that point. I I felt like the the energy changed a bit. Like you saw celebration on both sidelines, which I thought was unique. Usually the defensive players are like, oh, no, you know, what's going on here? And here he is. You know, there's there was a celebration, just like the energy changed a bit of practice. You, you you saw Fields run down to the end zone and celebrate, but like the mood shifted a bit. Absolutely, and it it's a really difficult place for Andy Dalton right now because everybody knows what's going on. I mean, like fans and we in the media understand what is happening. What we've been told about Andy Dalton and the players know too. They hear it, they know it, they read it, they see it they know what Justin Fields represents for the bears. So there's a human nature element of things that are going on on the field. I think we were talking about it too, with one of our other colleagues, Mark Potash, that it just seems like there's an extra pep in the step of all the players when it is Justin Fields on the field with the ones doing the seven on seven drills. And maybe it's not fair. And maybe we're projecting a little bit and I'm trying to guard against that myself to not project everything is is has to be Justin Fields or the hyperbole. I, I'm trying to check myself, but everybody kind of knows it, and it, it is so much about him, but we don't want to overdo it, if that even makes any sense. Yeah, well, I, I, context is important, right? These guys are yeah. shorts. The defensive starters still aren't here. And, and a couple more guys showed up. Deion Bush was there. DeAndre Hart, Houston Carson was there. Um, Sean Gibson was there. Um but I just tried to compare it to what last week was. I, I thought Andy Dalton last week at Hallis Hall was better. Justin Fields was not. This was different. Like Justin Fields was better, and Andy Dalton was getting picked off two or three times. Gibson made a nice play on one of them, but you don't want to be throwing interceptions when you're in shorts and helmets. It's just it's not a good look. Yeah, it's a bad look for sure. Uh, I'll say that. And then we should probably also point out the fact that Justin Fields did fumble a couple of snaps as well. And, you know, I mean, you, I guess one has to allow for that to occur with, with any rookie, but that was on Justin Fields and that, that needs to be noted as well. But yeah, it sure feels like, like Andy Dalton is not going to get demoted or things are not going to change based on him throwing the two picks yesterday. But like I said, and I think I said this on the radio too, it's notable, you know, like some people are like, oh man, you're going to zero in on every bad thing that happened. Well, no, it's, that's the portion of practice that we got to see. And it is notable when your starting quarterback at the OTA level throws a couple of picks. It's also notice, uh, notable when Justin Fields botches a couple of, of snaps. It is definitely reportable. The second one though, like I'm watching that and Nagy didn't take Fields out. He took the center out, though. Did you see that? Like he he switched centers on Fields instead of the the quarterback. Well, and Nick Foles wasn't there. There's only two quarterbacks, and Justin Fields is going to get his reps. But I I thought that was noteworthy. Um, also before that, like I wrote about this on the Athletic, it was him getting his receivers in order during drills, and guys who have been in Nagy's offense longer, like guys like Javon Wims, who I'm getting used to seeing in number 15. I'm like, I keep looking for his old number in the 80s, and there he is at number 15, um, but he's not in the right place. It's Justin Fields correcting him on the field. It's Justin Fields noticing that he doesn't have the right personnel in the huddle, and he's waiting for Darian Clark, one of the backup tight ends, to, to come in after he came out. So it's like those type of things, that type of control, command, whatever you want to call it, that was almost more impressive to me, Mark, than the deep ball. Because you know the deep ball's coming. It was how much he kept things in order. Already doing that, and that is impressive. And he he did something similar at the, the rookie minicamp. I believe it was with Daz Newsom, who incidentally has the, the number 83, which I believe did belong to Javon Wims, who is Correct. number 15. So. Good call. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Someone works the sidelines there. <laughs> I mean, eventually we, we got to have this all down. I mean, it, it's I, when they changed the numbers, I was like, you can't do that. Wait a minute. Like your identity is that not, like I get it. Sometimes it changes when a star goes to another team and then somebody's got to take the hit. But like all these guys randomly changed. I'm like, 
no, no, no. That goes against some sort of protocol unwritten rule. You can't do that to us. <laughs> they actually had to pay for that, I believe. Like some of the guys. Really? Especially if, especially if they had like jerseys and distribution or something like that. that that's my understanding of the thing. Like Andy, uh, not Andy Dalton, uh, Eddie Jackson would be one of those guys because he yeah. went from 39 to 4. Right, that's weird, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I love single digits. I, I wore a single digit in high school, actually number Did four. You? So I'm I'm a big fan of single digits. But I believe some of these guys um, had to pay. Um, what else are you watching during these well, OTAs? I, I, a couple of things. Um, first of all, offensive line, and I've been having this argument with people when I host radio shows on the score. Not necessarily an argument, but I guess trying to convince people when they say the offensive line sucks I think that they're they're not paying attention because the offensive line did suck was bad for half of the year last year when Nick Foles came in with that offensive line when he still had Rashad Coward like he Nick Foles looked like a rookie and some of that was on Foles because like his legs didn't work either like he he had he, he showed like his lack of mobility like was was crushing him with that offensive line when they started, when they changed the alignment last year, they started to figure some things out. And Sam Mustafer became center, and Cody Whiter goes out to guard, and Fetty goes to to right tackle. Like all of a sudden, you had some semblance, you had something going. And I said, okay, that's a patchwork thing that they were able to hold together. Now going into this year, you get James Daniels back. You you know, and Sam Mustafer, as you and I were watching yesterday, Sam Mustafer still stole the center. Cody Whitehair guard. Um, you know, right tackle, it's Fetty. And then interestingly enough, at left tackle, obviously you have the second round rookie, Tevin Jenkins, playing some there. And then I saw much of the time too, Elijah Wilkinson getting some work there too. But I think if they, if they get the left tackle position right, if, if they do, and that's an if, like we can't assume that Tevin Jenkins is all of a sudden going to all of a sudden be a plus Pro Bowl uh, left tackle. That It's possible that that doesn't happen. We all know that. But if it does, if he's good at being a left tackle, tell me if you agree or disagree. I don't think I think it's very possible that it could be a position of strength for the Chicago Bears, especially because of that interior. And quite frankly, Effetti comported himself very well in the in the six games he played at right tackle last year. He did. He did. And you got James Daniels coming back from injury, who will be at right guard. Um, and he was playing quite well before his what was it, pectoral injury, right? Like before yeah. he was yep. lost. For the year, get another second round pick. That type of talent back. Of course, your offensive line is going to improve. To to me, and I felt like we were talking about this on the sideline a bit as we were looking for Tevin Jenkins. It's clear to me that they're going to make him earn that left tackle spot. Like he's not going to be handed it. Like he's not just going to. He, he just hasn't been inserted there yet. Right. I, I'm I'm using the word yet because that could change next week in veteran minicamp. That could change the first day of training camp. Like we we've seen. Guys go from backups to starters in the time between like those those dead weeks where there's nothing like where the coaches have seen enough after OTAs and veteran minicamp like all right we're starting somebody else at this position I've seen it play out with the Bears before I think Jordan Mills was one of those guys now that worked for the Bears for a couple of years but back to to Tevin Jenkins every time I see Wilkinson in there I'm like oh they're making him earn it this rookie is not going to be given anything and I don't know about you but I, I kind of like that. Right now, especially with like there's guys on the field right now that Tevin Jenkins should dominate. Guys who may not make the team. Like your best pass rusher is Travis Gibson. Like that should be even competition. When Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn get here, that's when I want to see what that's what I want that's when I want to see what Tevin Jenkins is all about when they come to veteran minicamp next week. You know what's a great comp now that I'm thinking about this, like to to the end of what you're talking about, making them earn it. Remember last year in training camp when we didn't know who the other cornerback was going to be opposite of Kyle Fuller, and there's Jalen Johnson, your second round rookie. You know, should have been a first rounder. A lot of people said, but I had no clue it was going to be Jalen Johnson starting. Like they made it feel like. It was a real competition. Kevin freaking Tolliver. Like I was trying to tell people it might be Kevin Tolliver or Artie Burns who ended up getting uh, Trey Roberson, the kid out of ISU, you know, converted from a quarterback. And then, and then it was the whole time, the whole time 
it was probably Jalen Johnson. And I think we might be looking at something similar with Tevin Jenkins, unless he just completely blows it and they think that he, he's not NFL ready, which would be a whole other story. But I think you're right. I think that they are giving the appearance at least. Yeah, you know, it, it's a good thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I stand corrected then because that, that's a really good thought just because they did do that. You know, for, for the sake yeah. of competition, just, just for the sake of it, just the, the yeah. idea of the competition. Like the coaches talk about it all the time. That's what they did with Jalen Johnson last year. And sure enough, Never left that spot. Yeah, never left it. It was inserted there. Kevin Tolliver didn't even make the team. Or did, I can't remember if he got waived early on or if he didn't even make I think he got cut before the season started, if I, if I recall correctly. Artie Burns was injured. And it, it made me feel silly a little bit because I'm like, they knew all along it was going to be Jalen Johnson, as it should have been. And they they proved him right. We'll see if it's a similar situation, but I think that they do have to have, it's, it's probably good for two reasons. Number one, the appearance of competition, like we were talking about, and also just in case, I mean, we've seen many times offensive linemen rookie or in their first game, get overwhelmed where they're not quite ready yet, where eventually they will be. Unfortunately, we've seen that too many times in bears history with offensive linemen have been drafted. You know, your Chris Williams is of the world. Um, you know, my, my brain is not working completely on it. A couple of the others, but there, there have been guys who we thought were going to be great as bears offensive linemen, you know, the pedigree was there and then it was a big old nothing. So you, you have to be ready for anything when it comes to a rookie left tackle at that. Anybody uh, stand out to you? Like, like a few players that, that I've made a lot of notes on. And it's like 11 Darnell Mooney. Like he's making a lot of catches. He looks bigger. Looks a little bit faster. Looks a little bit more confident. Um, I write down 85 a lot. Cole Komet's making a lot of catches over the middle. Doing a lot of different... I don't, I don't know if it's different routes, but that ball is coming to him all over the field in different ways now. Down the seam to, or just the, the swing passes. Just just different things are being done with Cole Komet. Um, are, are you seeing the same things with those guys? Or, or is there anyone else that's that's jumping out to you? Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought up those guys, especially Darnell Mooney, because I always say about Darnell Mooney, Mooney was very good for a rookie, but relative to the rest of the NFL and other receivers, he was fine um, and trending upwards for sure. But there is there definitely is a second step, which has to be taken this year for Darnell Mooney. Like th- there needs to be there needs to be more than one real weapon and the Bears wide receiver core and tight, let's just say guys who catch the football this side of 12, Allen Robinson. So I think there's going to be some expectation and pressure and a different type of season this year for Darnell Moody in terms of how they will use him. And they talked about it a little bit yesterday in the Zoom. It, it's not just knowing his assignment, but knowing everybody else's assignment. So he knows exactly where the football is going to go. So they're, they're, they are telling us that he's going to get more responsibility. Cole Komet, another guy who everybody was crying for in the beginning of the year because Jimmy Graham seemed to be getting all the work. And then all of a sudden we saw Cole Komet in the final five games of the year last year. And I think that the training wheels come off. I mean, they weren't going to say it last year, but they held him back and it might've been the right way to go. It might've been. Sometimes it sucks to have to see a, a player develop when you want him in there so badly, considering where he's from, where he was drafted, what he represents, all of that stuff. But sometimes, believe it or not, coaches have a pretty good development plan. And it might have been really good because he peaked at the right time. Hopefully that carries over into this year. Um, a couple other guys, I guess, that I would mention along your list. Is I, and, and this isn't necessarily just because of the catch he made. But I'm interested in seeing what Demir Bird can do and what he can add. You know, coming come from the New England offense and all of that. Um, you know, he seemed like a vocal guy. He was pretty funny during the 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 drills yesterday with Mike Furry, he referred to, uh, to Mike Furry as a, you know, throwing like a hundred mile per hour fast. We called him Randy Johnson, which I was like, wow, that's like an old guy reference right that's there. Good reference. From, yeah. Right. From the, he, he, he must've saw that YouTube video of him blowing up the bird. That's probably what it was. Yeah. I'm trying to think how would these kids be in tune with Randy Johnson? But yeah, he called, he sees Mike Furry throwing it. He's like, what are you, Randy Johnson? And I'm like, Okay, I kind of like this guy. And then Demir Bird makes that play. Um, hey, JP Holtz stole there. Did you notice JP Holtz caught a pass down uh, a 
like a hundred mile per hour fastball from Justin Fields yeah. right down the middle of the field yesterday too. So, you know, there, there's got like, like, I don't know that I'm going to be talking about JP Holt standing out once we get to, you know, July 20th and training camp and in the preseason games. But I mean, that did stand out a little bit to me yesterday, but I think that you are on target with Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet as being guys who got to make big differences this year. Yeah. I, 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 what did I, what did I say? Swing passes for Komet? No. So let me articulate this a little further. Um, yeah, he is all over the field and it, that's even before the snap. Uh, so you talk about like this, this U tight end, this move tight end that, that Matt Nagy needs to, to be his adjuster, his ultimate adjuster on the field. It's, June 10th, and we're talking about this. We were just to practice on June 9th. It looks pretty good right now, like just in terms of where he is, where he's catching the ball, like where he's starting before, you know, routes are run and everything that's being asked of him. It looks pretty good so far. Um, And, and I think one of the more underrated elements of this too, Mark, um, is Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, they didn't have an off-season program last year. Like the, the pandemic eliminated that. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see them out there with Justin Fields, with Andy Dalton, with the starting offensive line. It's good to see them making the most notable plays, like the biggest plays we've seen in OTAs. And yes, let's put context in here, Mark. They're in helmets. They're in shorts. Eddie Jackson's not here. Um, Jalen Johnson's not here. Khalil Mack's not here. But at the same time, it I'd be concerned if they weren't making catches all, all over the field. I'd be, I'd be concerned if they weren't, if, if I weren't making a lot of notes about them as practice played out. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. This means something. And look, OTAs always mean something, but they mean more this year because of what you're saying that there was, and people don't really want to hear it, but there was developments that was taken out from under these players even veteran players, like even somebody like Nick Foles last year, how much was he affected by a lack of, of chemistry and not getting to know players and having these rudimentary sessions? And it, it changes. I mean, could you imagine learning, you know, a, a physical job essentially online, which is what they did for so many of those OTAs last year? It's really hard. And I think that Bears fans can be heartened to know that it, it could equal better play. Like, let's talk about, again, on the defense, Jalen Johnson. Um, there, there's another guy who was outstanding last year for a rookie, and now here he is having a you know a, an actual preseason. Um, Travis Gibson was a guy that I mentioned to you yesterday when we were watching the, the defense. Here, here's he looks a guy bigger. Too. He looks bigger, doesn't he? He does look bigger, yeah. He, you know, he, to, to refresh people, he's a fifth-round pick from last year who did get on the field, worked his way in, didn't make a huge impact last year, but he, he's a guy you're probably going to see more of this year, especially if Robert, I don't think they're going to have much patience with Robert Quinn this year. You know, if Robert Quinn comes out and he's striking out doing the things that they want him to do as in get to the quarterback, I just don't know how patient they're going to be. So guys like Travis Gibson and uh, James Waters and that, uh, you know, Jeremiah Tachu, some of these guys like, Stand by, you know what I mean? Like line up because if, if Quinn's not there, then those guys better be ready. And I think the first guy up probably would be would be Travis Gibson. Let's do a quick little veteran minicamp preview. Like what, what are you looking forward to next week when 52 should be out there, 96 should be out there, 12 better be out there. Like, like guys, when your best players rejoin the field of Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to have a lot of play on that word, huh? Um, and his last name. Um, Like, what are you looking for? Like, what are you going to take note of? Like, what do you want to see? Well, I guess first and foremost, that I am still a little bit curious as to if, uh, if 12 Allen Robinson will be there. I think he will be like, if I had to like hit the yes or no button, I would say yes. Allen Robinson will, will be there. I, I mean, yeah, it's still possible that I'm wrong, but we'll see. So hopefully attendance will be full. I'm actually looking very forward to, again, seeing Eddie Goldman, assuming that he is out there. He has been, you know, holding on the OTAs, which is fine, um, you know, as, as with all these other guys. So what does that look like again? And then absolutely, like, the reaction from the – because, because okay, so here's, here's your Bears defense, which has been the star of the organization 
in, in the Matt Nagy era and prior to that, but let's just keep it in the Matt Nagy era. And all of a sudden, after all this work that the defense has done, it's all about Justin Fields and the offense. So you know the defense is going to come in talking a little bit, and they probably love that Justin – I mean, we know Eddie Jackson. Like Eddie Jackson did that live Instagram when Justin Fields was drafted, so he's over the mood happy about it. But there's going to be a little bit of, oh, so you guys think you're good now, you know? And and this is a team that has, you know, playful trash talking. And, you know, we mentioned Mike Furry, the wide receivers coach. He loves to go at it with Eddie Jackson. So there, I, I think we might see a – because because Justin Fields has been nothing but calm, doesn't seem to talk a lot, just sort of plays the rookie part. I wonder if there's gonna, if he's going to be stimulated a little bit by these hefty, big-time Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Trash talking Eddie Jackson veterans. I think it's going to be fun to oh, see yeah, yeah, that yeah. mix, man. You're you're right. There's a lot of it, a ton, a ton of it, especially from uh, the second. Well, really, at all levels uh, of that defense. Um, we're talking to the Bears sideline reporter here, everybody, and I'm not going to let Mark go um, before I ask him a few questions about working the Bears sideline again at Mark Grody Sports. You can hear him on Six Heavy The Score, WBBM 780, um, all that fun stuff. What's it like to actually be in the Bears sideline during a game? Like working the sideline during an actual Bears game. What's that like? It's pretty cool, man. Like it, I guess I'll describe what it was like in 2018. Like that was the first year I did it. And the first thing that you notice when you're down there, like literally right next to the sideline, um, you, you, the sounds that you hear, these devastating, you know, as everybody calls them, the car crashes. And now I'm hearing, that those sounds and those tackles it's interesting to get a feel for what players say and do on the sidelines and some of the conversations that are had some of the coaching points like things that you can't necessarily catch unless you got on a really good pair of binoculars from the press box so it's very cool like just the, the sights and sounds huddles things like that and then Working the sidelines is interesting because, and luckily, like Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, you know, they're, they're the bosses of Booth and all that, but they give me autonomy down there. They don't, you know, they don't say, here's what you, we want you to do. They're like, hey, and it can be, sometimes it can be hard because they're like, hey, you're on your own, pal. You need to, you know, you need to find what's interesting. Not necessarily like, I don't do like much feature stories. It's more of what is actually happening What's been, you know, a player's injured, obviously, I can get a, a bird's eye view of that. But it's just, I guess the best way to describe it, Adam, is it's just, it's a very, uh, it's a very live, <laughs> it's a very live <laughs> job. It can be stressful. It can be intense. Sometimes you miss something and it pisses you off. But for the most part, it's a, it's an exhilarating three hours on that Sunday or you know, be some, six yeah. hours. There's got to be some adrenaline. In, oh, in yeah. itself because you can feel the emotions from the sideline. You can feel the speed, the hits. Have you yeah. been close to being like hit at all? Like as players come to the sideline, I'm curious. You know, been, I, I don't. I, don't, I, I think had... I would have recalled you being taken out. Like that would have been oh, like yeah. a viral clip. But like any close calls, like errant passes and whatnot. You know what? There really hasn't been, and and you know it's going to happen now this year because we're discussing it. But this is my fourth year, and I you know I've had. The football in my general vicinity before players in my but never like where it was like you better get out of the way or you're gonna get you're gonna get run over by 96 Akeem Hex or something like that you know um you know it's it's an adventure too like at, like we didn't have this, this these experiences last year where I do the on-field interview just because of COVID but that that's where the like I do all my in-game reports but then the fun starts after the game to talk about being on my own you know, we all discuss through the headphones, hey, who do we want to get? Who do we want to get? Blah, blah, blah. And then it's my job to, like, nobody's helping me, man. I'm running on the field trying to get a player to come on live on the radio. And that that could be one of the bigger tricks, especially if they lose and nobody wants to talk. Or if they win, then they're all celebrating. And then there's the the jersey exchange that always goes on with players. So that's a whole that's a whole party right there trying to get that little post-game interview on the broadcast. You got to be in shape. You got to chase after these guys sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Got to got to chase after them and it helps too when they start to get to know your face a little bit. A bit. Yeah, yeah, Zoom doesn't help with that. At least well, yeah. you, you see no your face, bad. but yeah, 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 you know, it's good it's good to be um in person. I always get a kick out of like the the winter wardrobe and all the layers 
you guys oh. put on, like whether it's up in like I, when we're in Lambo, I am so comfortable up in that press box. It's a, it's a very, it's actually one of the the nicer press boxes across the league. They, they got the the carving station. The food's fantastic. There's cheese curds and brats at halftime, and you're down in the field with like five different layers on. You know, hand warmers in your shoes or whatever. The the warmers in your shoes. The warmers in your hands. Like that's a it's a whole no, another level of conditioning. They they don't you know like teach you about in J school, do they? Do they? You're you know how like when your hands, like your tips of your fingers and your toes are so cold that you literally want to cry. Like there's nothing you can do. Like it's like it's like an it's like a very unique form of excruciating pain. And I would like at Lambeau Field one one of my visits there. I don't remember which one, but I put on I had everything: wool socks, layers the hand warmers and it all like it all like gave out like an hour into my time on the sideline and I was just in like my whole goal was just to get to halftime and I, and they here here's one little thing I could share with you the players are pretty cool about allowing me to use that those big industrial heaters they have down there yeah. and those things are for real man they are like oh I learned the hard way that so here i am freezing and feeling like i'm frostbite and really wanting to cry i might have shed a tear or two it's very possible but i held my my hands up to to the to the heater with the gloves on and just melted right through the gloves so there i am freezing my ass off and then the gloves they they uh they freeze <laughs> they they burn through and they i melt. have no gloves and so now <laughs> i am more dependent on these industrial heaters and the whole time i'm crying yeah, they'll put those out of practices, and you'll see the veteran reporters. And we go out there for roll call. You know, the, yeah. the, the camera guys. They'll they'll always you know find their way in front of those those heaters. We can't you can't get too close though. It it'll melt things quite oh, quickly. Oh yeah, no, my gloves melted, man. Like I I had plastic in my gloves that I didn't know about. Like all of a sudden they just wilted down. I'm like, well, there's a lesson learned, Mark. <laughs> Grody. Awesome stuff, man. Um, maybe I'll find you next week at Veteran Minicamp, and we'll, we'll maybe that's the the chemistry the Bears need. You and I standing next to each other, and, and Justin Fields will be aggressive. He'll he'll have that what that rip your heart out mentality that Matt Nagy yeah. said. He'll he'll go deep more for everybody to see. Oh my God, yeah. Did, did people love that rip your heart out mentality? Like like if Matt Nagy's smart, he'll just start scripting some of his quotes because it's it's good stuff. It feeds us. It feeds the beast, Adam. Insatiable, insatiable. Well, well, Mark, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. You can't have enough Justin Fields content. Thank you so much. Uh, You can follow Mark at Mark Grody Sports. You can hear him on The Score, WBBM. And he's the Bears sideline reporter. Thank you, Mark. See you, Adam. Take care, man. All right. um, This is just going to be like last week. We're going to give you more Justin Fields content because you want it. We're going to play Matt Nagy and everything he said over Zoom on Wednesday. But first, a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, as promised, here's Matt Nagy. I think we got about four or five questions, including my kind of convoluted one about Justin Fields' command, what he saw on the field, and that deep ball. But here's Matt Nagy. Enjoy. Matt, I'm curious from your uh, experience in Kansas City in 2017, how you sort of noticed Patrick benefiting from the developmental process in the number two role and some of the things that that give you that that, that confidence in that process with Justin. And then I got a second one after you're done with that. Sure. No problem. Um, so what happens Dan, is as you go through, like I, I think back to this time in 17, meaning the off season and getting through rookie camp and then getting into OTAs and dealing with the reps, um, you know, and at that point in time in 17, Alex was, was getting, you know, there was a, there was a lot of reps he was getting. So a lot of these times right now for these players in particular, Justin, there's a lot of mental reps, and, and really what happens is this, is it's kind of you get the mental side down in the offseason. You're able to come out here on the grass 
and and see what the timing's like. And as as you saw today, there were some issues with snaps. Like those are little things that we try to tune up and get ready for training camp so that doesn't happen. But now what we want to do is say, okay, this is what you've done. This is where you can grow. Let's see if that happens now in training camp. And in 17, when Patrick was able to get his opportunities and then in the preseason in particular, I remember there was a play Patrick made where he just he kind of scrambled around, ran around and made a deep throw down the sideline that he, that he does to this day. You always see that that uh, he had an opportunity in a real game to do it. And then he didn't get to play until the last game of the regular season. And um, he, he, he did a great job of leading the team to a win, speaking of Patrick. So there's kind of a it's a that's part of the process for us. What we want to see, Dan is we want to see the plays that he's now repped in the offseason. In training camp, we want to see is he making better decisions and better throws. And that's really for all the quarterbacks. It obviously didn't inhibit Patrick's career to sit for a little while. Do you think it benefited him to, to, to sit for that stretch? Yeah, I think it did. And I think Patrick would probably tell you the same thing. These guys are all competitive. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen for any of these guys. I mean, there's so many things, these quarterbacks that come in, these running backs, wide receivers, whatever position, you never know, you know, how, how the season goes. But in that scenario in 17, when you ask Patrick, I mean, for him to be able to develop like that and learn from Alex um, and grow, he would probably tell you it was a pretty good thing that happened to him. And, and if he would have played sooner, would he have done what he did the following year? Maybe. We don't know that. But for him, I would I don't want to speak for Patrick, but I would guess that it, it, it helped him grow um, to be able to really learn so that when he got in that last regular season game against Denver, he went out there and, and had fun with it. And, and we won the football game. Adam Johns. Hey, Matt. Um, before yeah. those. Hey, hey Matt. Um, but before those snaps that, that you mentioned, we, we saw Justin kind of getting his teammates in the right place in seven on seven there. And then we saw him um, wait for the right personnel in, in the team drill to, to come in those moments. What does that say about his command of things? And I guess, how much are you seeing them? And then the second part of that, I was wondering what you thought of that, that deep ball and how much, you know, energy that provides practice. Yeah. Um, so his, his command right now is what he does is he sits back there with flip when Andy's in there running the show and he's back there repeating every word and he's flipping it and he's going through in his mind um, how to call the play like he's in the huddle. And so um, the big part of that is getting the personnel, understanding the formations, where's the, the ball at is on the left hash, right hash, middle of the field, first wide vision. And, and so he's going through all that. He's, I thought today he had a really good day of, of seeing that. I thought he spun the ball well. Um, and, and I think going back to your question about that, uh, deep ball down the sideline. Um, he just, he has that mentality of rip your heart out. And, and so there's a couple of plays in there and not just today, but other days where these quarterbacks are, are staying aggressive. And you got to see a taste of that today with Justin. And he made the nice throw to Demir down the sideline and that ball just took off. And we talk about airtime, airtime, meaning when the, the wide receiver looks like he's covered to everybody in the stadium. But when that ball touches the top of the ceiling and starts coming down, the wide receiver separates and that's what happened on that play. And he made a hell of a catch. So those are ones that we just like to teach off of this film. Uh, same thing with the fumbles today that we had being able to fix that. And then in and out of the huddle uh, with a misalignment, um, how we're going to line up, you know, that's, that's the quarterback's job to make sure everybody's right. And it's our job as coaches to teach it. So he's done a great job and he's done a great job. Um, Nick, obviously what, you know, he'll, he'll hopefully be back next week, but um, you know, those guys are working hard. Jason Leisure. What what specifically do you want Fields to be learning from Dalton, considering that you're not trying to turn Fields into Dalton because they have different skill sets? And then I have a question for you about Damian Williams after that. Okay, yeah. So the first one is really the the quarterback position in general. Um, when when you're out here, how are you responding to you know making? a good play and how are you responding to throwing an interception per se? Um, those guys build their own relationship when they're in there watching tape. And, and, and again, like I think the biggest thing that Justin can learn from uh, Andy is just understanding that the defenses that he's seen, not just out of practice on the field, but also when they're watching tape together, he can explain something um, in, in a way that a player really thinks about it. And so he's going to help him grow. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty neat. The other day, you know, Flip was getting on Justin um, with his footwork and and uh, just normal coaching stuff. And we were in the room and 
going through it and just talking about how he can be better with his feet on a particular play. And it was a good throw. He made a real good throw, but Flip didn't say anything about a good throw. Now, Flip always tells him when he sees a good throw usually, but on this one, he didn't. And Andy made sure as a player, he said, hey, dude, that, that was a hell of a throw right there. And so I think that's an experience of just, just one piece that you all can see if you're in the room that you understand, like, these guys supporting each other. He's, he's commending him when he does something right. He's protecting him. And it's pretty neat to see. And so for Justin, he's just got to see, like, like when Andy Andy's cadence, you know, what he's doing with his voice inflection, is the way he says white 80 versus the way Justin says it at the, at the line of scrimmage, like little things. And, and then, of course, um, how to handle teammates. Teammates all react in different ways. How do, how do you grab a guy? And so there's a lot of intangibles that a quarterback has that Justin's going to be Justin, no doubt about it, and Andy's going to be Andy, but they're going to learn from each other. And I think right now, um, just little things that I'm seeing in the meeting room and out here at practice, it really does remind me of prior experiences that I've, that I've wit, uh, been a part of. And with Damian Williams, what was it about him in the offseason that made you say this offense needs that? Like, we got to have that guy. And how has he looked coming off a year off? Yeah, he's looking good. I, for Damian, what, what we really liked about him was his versatility um, as a running back and then obviously as well out of the backfield, the things he can do. Um, he's very well-rounded and it's just a really good fit for our running back room. Uh, you know, I was not with Damian in Kansas City. Uh, but the coaches that are there, I know, spoke, you know, spoke really well of them and, and said a lot of good things. And and um, and so Damien's come in here like a true pro and just digested everything that we're doing. You saw some nice runs that he had out there. And he's, he's a great compliment to what we're trying to do. So um, that again, it'll be fun when we get to the preseason to see how all these guys do. But uh, there's a really good vibe right now. And, and it's uh, it's fun. I hope when you listen to to, to Nagy. Uh, everybody, that you could feel the excitement there. Um, I, I know you're you're listening. I, I don't know if we have pictures with them over the the YouTube yet, but like the the energy is there, the excitement is there, and you're trying to keep context around it. I think the Bears are trying to to do that as well. It is June. The defensive starters aren't there. This is early in the development of Justin Fields, but there's some good signs there. Um, it's okay to be excited about what Justin Fields is doing. I think you'd be uh, alarmingly concerned if he wasn't hitting deep balls, if he wasn't correcting his teammates, if he looked confused out there. Look, the, the snaps is one thing. Um, Mark and I were talking about that. Uh, you saw Matt Nagy switch centers, so maybe it was more of the center instead of uh, Justin Fields' problem. So there's a lot of things that go into that. But I think these highlights, I think these these passes he's completing all over the field, the command he is showing, I think it's all a step in the right direction. Right now, it's probably not enough to take Andy Dalton's job away from him, but the Bears like it. And I think Bears fans should like what they're hearing from Matt Nagy and from myself and others who are watching practice. Just speaking from what I saw, he was better. Justin Fields was better this week at the Bears Open OTA as opposed to last week where he looked a bit off. You know, there was an interception from him last week. He didn't have anything close to that this week. So consider that some learning. Consider that some development. There'll be more tests ahead when Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson and Khalil Mack are out there. But there are steps, good steps, positive steps being taken for Justin Fields right now at Hallis Hall. All right, um, we're going to get to your questions here uh, from Twitter. I asked for them. You guys sent over or nearly 100 back. We'll get through some of those uh, quite quickly. But first, one more break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, I asked for them and you guys delivered. Uh, tons of questions. A lot of questions uh, from you guys on Twitter. You guys want to know what's happening at the Bears Open OTAs. Uh, and I am here to answer what you got. So let's go through uh, some of these as fast as I can. Um, it's been a good long podcast already. This is from Corey. I am legend on Twitter. Should we, should we be concerned with Andy Dalton's three interceptions, especially considering he was facing only two defensive starters? Um, one that I saw um, from the back of the end zone, I, I, I had a good view on, and it looked like an apparent miscommunication between him. I want to say Javon Wims where Wims kept going and the ball was thrown and Deshaun Gibson, a veteran safety, stepped in front of the the errant pass, if you want to call it that, and had a good return. I don't know if that's on Dalton, who Matt Nagy praised last week for being pretty good with his anticipation in terms of where he wants to go with the ball and expecting his receivers to be there. I, I did mention earlier that Justin Fields was correcting Javon Wims on where to be during one drill, so it, it works both ways. Bad pass, but maybe a bad route by his receiver. Uh, again, it's June. Let's not get too carried away by what Andy Dalton is doing. Last week, he was very sharp. Justin Fields wasn't. This week, Justin Fields was sharp, and Andy Dalton wasn't. That's, that's just how it plays out sometimes with these these quarterbacks. Um, let's see. Um, this is from Robert on Twitter. It's early, but how is the wide receiver room shaping up? Goodwin and Bird keep getting mentions. Is that just because Abrob and Miller aren't practicing, or could those two names reshape an underperforming group? Um, Goodwin is a lock for this team, I, I, I think. I think the Bears love his speed. We didn't see him at the Bears Open OTA yesterday, but last week he stood out to me. I, I was making notes about his number and name all, all the time. He's faster than I thought. Um, he looks good. Looks like he could be a valuable part in terms of stretching the field um, for Matt Nagy's offense. The Bears want that. This The same applies to, to Bird, who had a breakout year of career best, I think, last year for the Patriots. We saw that connection between him and Justin Fields, that deep ball. The Bears want that. That's been missing from their offense. And yes, that's a lot on the quarterback. But at the same time, you need those speedsters to stretch the field. They can't just be Darnell Mooney. Allen Robinson, for as good as he is, is just not that. He is he is not one of those stretch-the-field type of guys, even though you do see him make a lot of acrobatic catches all over the field. This is going to be Mooney. It's going to be Goodwin. It's going to be Bird. And I think they are 100% going to press an Anthony Miller and press a Javon Wims to make this team. Uh, both those guys uh, are clearly on the bubble, at least in my opinion. I think the the signings of Goodwin and Burt also show you that they are in the bubble as well. Um, the Bears just want and need more from those guys. I think expectations for Miller and Wims have been set. Now they just have to to meet them. All right. Um, this is from Bear Brain. Bear Brain, good uh, Twitter name. Cole Komet getting more run at U tight end see if he uh, and see if he could be the future there. If not, won't tight end be a huge need again in the offseason due to the importance of the U in that offense? I would suggest just rewinding this podcast. Mark Grody and I talked at length about what Cole Komet has been doing at OTAs. Again, it's OTAs, it's helmets, shorts, it's June, but he's been impressive. He's been all over the field catching passes all over the field, aligning himself all over the field before the snap. He's emotional a lot. I think big things should be expected from Cole Komet in this offense. He should be your number three receiving option behind Allen Robinson, behind Darnell Mooney, and probably on par with what David Montgomery could provide out of the backfield. Uh, let's keep going through these. Um, did more starters in defense participate in Wednesday's practice? That's from Mike Mueller. Yes, um, Deion Bush, DeAndre Houston Carson were there. Those are top reserves. But uh, Deshaun Gibson also was there, and he's a projected starter as well. Uh, Desmond Trufant also is the, remain there. Uh, Roquan Smith is back. Um, he's proven to be quite the leader as well. Check out that story I did on him on The Athletic last week. Um, a lot of questions about how Justin Fields looks uh, opposed to other rookie quarterbacks that we've seen. Um 
to me, it's the deep ball. I'm, I'm gonna keep going back to that that deep ball. Not not just the bird, but just how many Justin Fields is able to hit consistently, continually throughout uh, veteran minicamp next week, or training camp, or in the preseason. Mitch Trubisky did not hit enough of them in the games and also in practices. He was sometimes short, sometimes overthrowing guys, and Matt Nagy constantly challenged him to push the ball down the field. I don't think Matt Nagy's going to have that problem with Justin Fields in terms of getting into that flight simulator that he often talks about, in terms of being aggressive, taking those shots, testing things out. I think Justin Fields will do that himself. He wants to go down the field. He he knows he can connect on those balls down the field. And to me, the, the more I see it, the more I feel better about what the Bears have in, in Justin Fields as opposed to what we saw early on from Mitch Trubisky. Look, the snaps are, are one thing. Um, Matt Nagy's decision to switch centers still feels notable to me after the botched snaps between Justin Fields and his centers. Um, but we'll see what happens. I'm going to keep going back to that deep ball, though, because that was those missed shots from Mitch Trubisky in games, I think, changed – a lot of things between him and Matt Nagy, especially when some of those guys are wide open. So let's see how things play out with Justin Fields. Um, let's see here. Let's keep going through this. Um, how is Gibson? That's Travis Gibson looking so far. And have you heard anything about his progression into year two? Assuming he is expected to take a bigger role in this season's pass rush. Yes. Um, his position coach a couple weeks ago basically said, or basically highlighted how important he is to the Bears' plan this year. Going from what he was at Tulsa, where he was a hand in the dirt, um, basically defensive tackle for most of it. Did, did it some different things. You know, you know, it was a, it was a whole plugger, you know, two-gapping kind of guy and was asked to do different things in college. Um, there, there's a transition that needed to happen for him at the NFL level, and it wasn't going to be instantaneous, especially going into a very nuanced position of being a stand-up outside linebacker and rushing in a stand-up position after being so accustomed to having your hand in the dirt in college. So he looks good. He looks bigger. He looks a bit faster. He looks a little bit more confident. But again, let's see him do it when the pads are on. And then let's see him do it in the preseason. And then let's see him do it in the regular season. The Bears traded up to get this kid in the fifth round last year. Sorry, let me correct myself. They didn't trade up. They, they traded into the fifth round, giving up a future pick to draft him last year, thinking he could be part of the solution at their pass rush. He needs to provide some of that this year. That's how high expectations are for him. Yes, he is a fifth round pick. Things should be tempered a bit. But the Bears did part with future draft capital to select them as part of his evaluation. Let's get a few more of these in. A lot of Cole Komet questions. Um, some Allen Robinson questions. I think we, like Mark and I were talking about, uh, we do expect to see him at the Bears veteran minicamp. Um, Sam Mustafer, the starting center. Yes, he is. Um, lots of fields, lots of fields, lots of fields. Everybody wants to talk about Justin Fields. Um, all right, we'll just leave off with this one. The eye test on Montgomery Speed question mark from IDF162 on Twitter. It's there. I I thought it was there last year, and, I, and he went to a special speed coach this offseason. I, I think he's going to be – I thought last year was such a good season for him. Fifth in rushing, fifth in total yards from scrimmage. He showed he could be a pass-catching threat coming out of the backfield. And I think the Bears are hungry to build on that, not just with him but with all the running backs. There's another running backs question. How has the running back trio looked? Damian Williams is going to provide something – to this offense as well. He's going to be the he's he's going to be the one who's going going to spell David Montgomery. He he does a little bit more than Tree Cohen in that sense in terms of being an in every down guy. You know, Tree Cohen is kind of special in his sense just in terms of being um, a great pass catching option, a good adjuster especially over the middle. Great guy on screens. I think the Bears really missed him last year. But that is a position that I think has been upgraded with Damian Williams. Obviously, you're getting um, Tariq Cohen back. And David Montgomery, for a guy who wants to, to take a big leadership role with his team, looks every bit like it. Like, And you got to produce to be leaders, in my opinion. And it looks like he's it, it's there. 
it's in terms of your question about the speed, it's it's there. I don't know how much exactly in terms of how much miles per hour he's he's gained. We'll see how that plays out when the actual pads are on. But he's going to be another like this is going to be another big year for David Montgomery in this workhorse role, which I think he proved he could handle quite well last year. Um, that's it. A lot of questions about fields. Um, and I hope we answered them in the beginning of the podcast. Um, he is, I, I would su- suggest that fans be patient with everything. I think there's going to be some ups and downs. I think he's going to miss some of those deep balls, but the steps are there. The highlight reel throws are still there. And yesterday, OTAs was a very good day for Justin Fields. We'll leave you with that. Thank you for listening to this John's part of the Hogan John's podcast. Um, we'll be back Next week from Veteran Minicamp, we'll see which guest I can find on the, the Bears practice fields to, to join. But we could have two podcasts next week. I think we're going to do one Tuesday and then maybe late Thursday to wrap up the Veteran Minicamp and take us into the offseason. Maybe we'll have a special guest appearance. My podcast partner, Adam Hogue, who is happily enjoying his time on paternity leave. So, again, congratulations to him. Um, Thank you for listening. You can read me on The Athletic at Adam J. You can follow me on Twitter, too, at Adam Johns. You can read Adam Hogue on Embassy Sports Chicago. Um, you can follow him at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. Please rate and review the podcast. Follow Mark Grody, too, at Mark Grody Sports. Thanks for him for joining. Uh, that's it. Find our shirts on obviousshirts.com. We will talk to you next week about veteran minicamp. See ya. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Um, Good, Adam.